Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey. So we are at the Scene World Live podcast for the first time from the Film and Games Museum in Frankfurt. And next to me is sitting Sven, who will be our chat host. Hey, guys. Hello, Sven. Hello, Jörg. How are you? Oh, very good. Oh, I'm always feeling good if I'm sitting right beside you. Oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in, in Skype, we actually have Jay Maynard, our um, guest today, the Tron guy, our special guest, and HJ, which you also know from the podcast from Scene World. So, hello, hello guys. Greetings, programs. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, awesome picture. Is it awesome? <laughs> I said, uh, thank you to Sebastian who sits here and uh, make all the live stream stuff here happen, all the magic. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for this because this looks really awesome now. Okay, uh, only not, not only because there are four handsome guys here, because it's only, yeah, looking great here, the tactics. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Hello, yes. So let's start. Um, hello, Jay. I'm very glad that you made it today. Happy. Thank you. Um, so we should start with explaining who you are. are you You're known the as, the, as the Tron guy. That person who, who is such a great fan of Tron that you decided to make a custom out of it. I had, uh, I had gone to my first science fiction convention uh, in 2003 and was and had a fun time. One of the things I saw was a masquerade uh, costume contest. I thought that'd be neat. And the convention I was going to is called Penguicons, a combination science fiction and computing convention. So it struck me that Tron would be a good subject to make a costume from, being science fiction movie back computers. And so over the next year I collected stuff and and in one week of effort, I did all the painting and all the all the making, and uh, showed it off at that at that convention in 2004, and it's never been the same since. So, so what is the significance of of Tron specifically? Like, is that is it just because it happened to be a movie about about computers, or was there a deeper kind of connection that you found with that? Well, so I've been a computer geek for years and years. Um, I, I first laid hands on a computer in, I think, 72 or some such. So by the, when Tron came out in 82, I, I had just started working as a mainframe system administrator. And it, Tron struck me because it was the first time anybody had tried to show what goes on inside a computer. Some things they got wrong. Some things they got pretty laughably wrong. Yeah. Some things we thought they got wrong, they actually turned out to get right. I mean, come on, computers programs fighting each other? <laughs> and now, you know, look, we got viruses and virus uh, scanners and uh, and malware and anti-spyware. Yeah, we have programs fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it to me, you know, the just the thought that you could that you could anthropomorphize programs and and try to show what they did with each other. Uh, that was significant. Hmm. Okay. So, so is and there? I expected. Yeah. No, carry on. Go on. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say, um, you actually never expected to be famous. I guess. <laughs> I expected maybe five hundred people to ever see this costume. <laughs> 
Now, is there just one costume, or do you have a backup in case something breaks? Or uh, I keep telling myself I need to make a backup. Uh, the unitard I'm wearing is very much showing its age. Uh, I really need to replace it, and I have some replacements. I've never just I just never sat down and gotten out the paintbrush and gotten after it. No. So so I, I've seen some stuff about it in which uh, you, you've explained that that it's um, each individual piece has its own battery backup. Yes, that way I don't have to worry about hooking them together as I put it on. Hmm. And 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 how did the building of it like come together? Like, well, the I actually the the armor pieces I found on an auction on eBay, and one with a last second bid, uh, I, and I know that because I I happened to bid right before the last second, and my the bid I made was what it was the price that it came out as, but it wasn't me that did it. So that said, I bid that that bid was the same amount as the previous high bidder. So I snuck in one more bid and got it. Um, I have never again seen anything like it on eBay, and I've been looking. Uh, but the pieces uh, I found out later were custom made. Uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know what they made them for. But, for example, the helmet I'm wearing is the same model of hockey helmet that they used in the original movie. Oh, um, some of the other pieces, maybe not quite so accurate, but certainly good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it looks, it looks awesome when it light, lights up and I guess we will see that later. Uh, the lights are actually on. Well, I say that, I don't know if the helmet lights are on. No, let me fix that. Ah, now I can see it. Yep. It works better for turn it on. Yeah. So what kind of power does that thing put out? Like... Can, would would going swimming in the suit be a bad idea? That would be a that would be a very bad idea, and not because of of any kind of shock effect, but simply because it'd be hard on the electronics. Hmm. Um, the the wire uh, has a has a high voltage, well, not all that high, hundred volts or so at at high frequency across it, but very low current. Uh, it's low enough power that each of the armor pieces except for the helmet will run for about eight hours off a pair of AA batteries. Well, that's not bad. The helmet's only good for about three, but it also has a lot more wire on it. So you can get through a whole a whole convention with uh, just a couple of sets then. Well, yeah, generally what I find myself doing is I'll, uh, whenever I go, I first put it on, I replace all the batteries uh, and the everything but the helmet will last me pretty much all day. Hmm. Okay. Great. But I I buy batteries. I don't buy them by the caseload anymore. That's only because I don't wear the costume as much as I used to. Right. Yes. So um, I thought let's talk a bit about how was it for you to become famous. I think it was around the time the Numa Numa guy became famous. Yeah, it's like twenty twenty o three or twenty o four, I guess. It was it was tax day twenty o four when the costume debuted, um, and it debuted on a Saturday evening at the at the con, and I had uh, there was a story on Slashdot just a week or so before that about other fan-made Tron costumes. And the, the, the ha-ha, everybody was snickering about that story because 
one because the guy who was about had used a uh, cast of his head to make the helmet custom instead of just laying hands on the hockey helmet. Uh, and so he, the, everybody was going, ha ha, he had to sit around for two hours of straws up his nose. Well, I didn't have to do that. But um, so I, it turns out that the guys that run Slashdot were guests of honor at that convention. So I asked one of them, okay, so what do I do you know, about a follow-up to this? Said, okay, so submit it as an update, and we'll get it in. And Sunday morning, I submitted pictures, and I had created a web page describing how I made the costume in case somebody else wanted to follow along. Well, so that story went up on Slashdot about 3 p.m. Sunday. And by 8 p.m. Sunday, I was infamous. Uh, about yeah, you know, about the time it went up, I took a couple of good friends to the airport, and when I got back, everybody said, "You got to check out Slash Dot." Boy, <laughs> and then there was Slash Dot, and then there was Fark, and then there was Fark, and then there was Fark. Fark ran five stories on me that week. Mm. Um, something awful got into the game. I don't remember who else now. Uh, but by the time by the time I went to bed Sunday night, it was pretty doggone negative because the the comments on Slashdot and on FARC, which differed primarily in that Slashdot was mainly sixth grade taunts and FARC was fourth grade taunts, uh, but it was all to the effect of, ah, fat guy in spandex, don't look. So th that was Sunday night. Monday, I had to drive home all by myself from Detroit to Fairmont, Minnesota, where I live. It was about 750 miles. That's an all-day drive. And in 2004, that meant no communications. And that was a very long drive. Hmm. Uh, I got home Monday night and you know, saw that things had percolated some more and wasn't real happy. And then a funny thing happened. Later that week, I started getting press interest. First from a, a college radio station, then from a couple of guys who run um, what I normally refer to as um, obnoxious so-and-so in the morning radio, except these guys were in the afternoon, and I, uh, the Don and Mike show. And I got on there with them, and, and they tried to play Let's Make Fun of the Geek and discovered I wasn't playing. They asked me a question, they'd get an answer. Uh, and the, I, I think about halfway through, they realized that, hey, he's not going to, he's not just going to fold up. And so by, I think by the time we were done with that interview, they, they, I'd gotten a lot more respect out of them, and I hope the, their listening audience. Well, so it, it mushroomed from there. Uh, the next week, I had to go off on a business trip. When I got home, there was a message on my answering machine from the lady who I'd ordered the unitard from. And she said that a producer from Jimmy Kimmel Live had called her wanting to, wanting to get my contact information because I couldn't find me any, any other way. And I had listed who I'd bought it from on the, on the webpage. They wanted me to contact them by appearing on the show. And the message she left me was, go ahead and call them, but call me first. <laughs> so I did. And she was, she pointed out that Jimmy Kimmel was uh, basically this nasty, evil kind of guy based on what he was doing for Comedy Central, The Man Show. So I, okay, fine. I watched a couple of episodes of, of Jimmy Kimmel Live, the ABC show, and didn't see all that much to it. 
uh, I called the producer and said, okay, yeah, let's talk. But I've been warned about you guys. And she said, yeah, we get that all the time. But this isn't, this is Comedy Central. This is ABC. We're owned by Disney. We can't do that anymore. And okay, fine. So I went out there. They flew me out to L.A. And they had me picked up at the airport by a chauffeur limo and generally treated me like I was somebody important. Uh, we, we did the show and it was a lot of fun. Uh, although, you know, we, we did the, we did a lighting check so they could figure out how to light it and make the light, the lights on my suit show up and went back upstairs and I ate and filled out reams of paperwork and finally went downstairs during a commercial break, you know, before the segment I was in and they had you wait right behind the set and Right in the middle of the commercial, they were. I was waiting there, and they they tape Jimmy Kimmel live in real time. It's a one-hour show, and they start the cameras rolling, and one hour later they shut them off. And when it comes time for commercial breaks, they stop. <laughs> so the you know this was all in real time, uh, and I was back there waiting, and I had a moment of oh my god, I'm about to appear on national television wearing nothing but spandex. Ah! <laughs> And I, after about five seconds, then I realized, I, you're going to look more stupid if you back out now, if you go ahead and go through with it. So I did. And got out there. And you can tell from the initial interview that Jimmy was going to try, let's make fun of the geek. And that didn't work either. And you could you can almost see his attitude shift about halfway through that segment. And when it was done... Uh, they had uh, they had me go outside in the next segment, but during that next commercial break, he leaned over and said, "Hey, how would you like to do some correspondent bits for us?" I said, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and that led to about a year's worth of work with him, and I had a lot of fun. J- Jimmy is a geek. Don't ever say <laughs> otherwise. He's a great guy too. I-, I mean, you know, there's one thing that I learned doing that is that there's a difference between the person and the television character. Most of the times there's not a lot of difference, but there is some. And first and foremost, it's about making funny television. Right. And uh, so I did did some things for them that I wouldn't normally have considered doing. Um, and another part of that is that they they did some things with me that I that I would have ha- wouldn't have had the chance to do any other way. Uh, the zero G airplane ride, for example, uh, they had. There was a company doing uh, zero G parabolas with a 727, uh-huh. and they they went out to L.A. and invited various talk shows to do something. and And Jimmy's crew decided it'd be fun to have me on there, so they called me up and said, "So, are you susceptible to motion sickness?" I said, "Yes, and don't let that stop you." <laughs> and so they, I, we went on the flight, and I had all kinds of fun, and. I got motion sick, and I spent the last half of it sitting and strapped in the chair, erping into a bag, and they showed, took great glee of showing that on national television. I still would do it again if they asked me. That's why they call it the Vomit Comet. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of that, The uh, some of the stuff from Jimmy Kimmel. There was uh, They sent you on some blind dates. Mm-hmm. And and those those were fun. A lot of them were, were more fun than they were made out to be on television. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple that it, that it looked like I didn't really hit it off with. That it really wasn't any, anything like that. But you know, again, it's about making funny television. Right, right. 
And, and there were some that that you did seem to hit it off with. There was one. I think she was a teacher, and she kept kept commenting on your butt. <laughs> she uh, she uh, was one of the two that I actually went and visited later. Oh. Um, after it was all said and done, um, she, I don't know if she still is, but she was a math teacher in the Detroit area. So the next mm-hmm. time I was there for PenguinCon, uh, I I took an afternoon and went and had lunch with her, and we sat and visited for a while. Very nice lady. Um, there was some discussion about actually bringing her back. It didn't happen. Uh, but to this day, I think her students give her, uh, give her a, a bit of a hard time about having dated the Tron guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually. Oh, is it? Um, I, I said, that's true. They, yeah, they I, I made said, it look it? like, he, like it oh. was a hard time or something. Yeah. So the thing is, um, if you do you do a lot of alteration for television to make things more interesting, I guess. Yes. Um, but in your case, how is it, Jay? Are you different when you are the Tron guy, when you put on the custom, or are you Jay Maynard or something? Well, do you change? Generally, the what I do for me, I am myself. Um, Alex Winter, um, the 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 half of Bill and Ted that isn't Keanu Reeves. Um, Alex directed a number of, of the segments I did for Kimmel. And he said it, uh, after one that they, ha- they had a lot of fun showing me because I come across as genuine on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm me. Uh, I'm, the, what I, the, for me, the main shift is to realize that what I do on television isn't necessarily Jay Maynard. It's the Tron guy. And so I can let myself do things that I wouldn't do normally, you know, outside of the costume, outside of television, outside of that character. Right. Yeah, you did a lot of stuff. For example, some uh, nine years ago, you did you did a video c- commercial about um, net neutrality with, with Peter Pan and other cosplayers. Um, doing promotion for it, um, so we actually have it here. Maybe we should have a look on something on that, so people can see what you have been involved with at at the beginning of your Tron career. Sure. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's play it. Wake up, everybody! Stop sleeping. They wanna charge more. Big companies are creeping into our internet. Internet's in distress. Let's answer the SOS. I'm the internet. You're the internet. We are the internet. Now that's the internet. I like the internet. We love the internet, and I can prove it. Some net fairy dust made me who I am. Living in an online. Neverland The web's my playground No suits allowed Internet celebrities Let's sing it proud I'm the internet, you're the internet We're the internet, now that's the internet I like the net, we love the net And I can prove it I'm the internet, you're the internet We're the internet, now that's the internet I like the net, we love the net And I can prove it It's not my tights that cut off circulation Big business wants to control the net nation. What you can see, how much you should pay. Tell me, is this the democratic way? I'm the internet, you're the internet, we're the internet, now that's the internet. I like the net, we love the net, and I can prove it. 
I'm the internet, you're the internet, we're the internet, now that's the internet. I like the net, we love the net, and I can prove it. Wake up everybody, stop sleeping, they want to charge more. Big companies are creeping into our internet. Internet's in distress, let's answer the SOS Keep it free and keep it open Speak up or our world wide web will be broken I'm the internet, you're the internet We're the internet, now that's the internet I like the internet, we love the internet And I can prove it I'm the internet, you're the internet, we're the internet, now that's the internet. I like the internet, we love the internet, and I can prove it. I'm the internet, you're the internet, we're the internet, now that's the internet. I like the internet, we love the internet, and I can prove it. I'm the internet, you're the internet, we're the internet, now that's the internet. I like the internet, we love the internet, and I can prove it. All right, we are back. Okay, that was so, that was interesting. Um, great. Well, so um, you have done quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, you see, fans dancing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so how was it actually to do that for you, Jay? I remember you told me you never saw actually the I, Peter Pan. No, I didn't. I I I met. To Leslie while we were there, and I'd met her before, um, but uh, you know since we were working on the same day. But uh, uh, Peter Constant, uh, Peter, uh, Randy Constant. Well, I don't know why. Anyway, uh, he wasn't there that day. He was there the next day, and I never met him, and I was disappointed by that because I really had wanted to meet the guy. Hmm. So we we did that on separate days, and and it was interesting. Because I actually had to fly off to uh, go to a customer site at the end of that day. And so it was kind of a mad rush at the end to, to record the song and then get me over to the airport so I could catch my airplane. <laughs> and in fact, I actually went and, and uh, made the trip to the airport in the unitard because I didn't have time to change. Although at that point, I was... I was wearing tights through uh, security anyway, you know, just to kind of tweak the nose of the TSA a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to show I really didn't have anything to hide. Yeah. So, so you're you're pulling a professional job as a systems administrator and all this stuff at the same time you're doing this. And yes. So, do you ever kind of like you know troll the, your uh, your your customers and? show up like that or no I've, I've never worn the costume to a customer site and won't <laughs> um, interestingly enough uh, customer reaction to it when they found out has been mixed I don't mix the two unless they just ask right um, I've had customers uh, just absolutely go nuts hey you're actually the Tron guy is coming and doing our backup our backup set um, <laughs> But I've also had customers ask the contractor, contracting agency I was working for at the time to send somebody else because they didn't think they could take me seriously. <laughs> well, that's just... Yeah, I guess I guess this thing um, has two sides, actually. It does. Yeah. 
But Tron influenced um, a lot your life, actually. Well, plus you could just walk and, into uh, the you could just walk into these companies and be like, "No oh, problem with your computer. I'll just go inside and take care of it right now." <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Uh, uh, my current job is doing technical support for uh, automation systems based on Windows, Ooh. and it, it, life would be so much easier if I could just get in there and, and poke instead of having to uh, having to deal with Windows the hard way. <laughs> Yeah. So you've had yeah. Well, I, actually, um, this exhibition which we have here in this museum actually is styled a bit like Tron. So if you walk into it, it looks a bit like Tron. So we prepared a video oh. to actually show it while we are talking to you, um, okay. just to see how much Tron influences our life nowadays. And um, this exhibition actually is about turning movies into games or the other way around. Mm -hmm. like, like we have here the Tron arcade machine. Are, right. you good on, are you good on this machine, Jay? I'm not much of a gamer at all on anything. I, my my eye-hand coordination was never such that I could deal with video games very well. Um, I do pretty well at more strategy-based games where you have to sit down and think about what you're doing, but if it has to do with quick reactions and, and that kind of thing, I'm terrible. Hmm. Okay, so so it's good enough that you are a Tron cosplayer, now, but I, you I, wouldn't you wouldn't actually play the game. I actually there are two Tron arcade machines, uh, and I have played both badly, but I've played both. <laughs> okay, did you did you ever have uh, did you did, did you, uh, were you ever asked to, to play the Tron machine while you were in the custom, like for a promotion act or something? Uh, nobody's asked me to. There have been a couple of, uh, uh, of arcades that have inquired about having me out there for openings and the like, uh, but nothing ever came of that. Hmm. Oh, okay. So if, if, everybody, um, if anybody wants you, now we get the word out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty easy about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what have you ever actually been since 2011? Because well, let's, let's, I look, let's for also, example, in Wikipedia. Let's, let's yeah. also. I mean, you've you've had some um, some real recognition with other stuff. Like you you got you were spoofed on South Park, which is sort of like one of those one of those milestones, you know. And and, and I had no idea that was coming. Uh, <laughs> the first I heard of it. Um, I'm a user of Second Life, and mm -hmm. I had the, the, there's a lady in New York City who gave me a, a lot of technical help in making the costume. She's a good friend. Right. And we were on one day, and she said, oh, my God, you got to turn on Comedy Central right now. And luckily, that was when we still had cable, so we did. And sure enough, there it was. And wow, I was surprised. <laughs> But they got one detail wrong. You know, listen to my voice. Do I sound like I'm from Minnesota? <laughs> for, for the uninitiated, I, I am from Houston, Texas, and my voice reflects that very thoroughly. Mm -hmm. um, but the South Park guys made me sound like I'm from Minnesota, don't you know? Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of their default voice for everybody. Yeah, probably so. And I found out later. You know, I, I I was thinking, hey guys, you know, if you'd if you'd wanted me, to, I'd have happily come and, and done the voice for that. 
turns out that they always impersonate voices. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Plus, I think they had you. I, I think a a tiger or a bear or something attacked you, which the the, the panda. Yeah, and, the, the panda. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have any problem with that. Oh well. But you've got see the thing is though that you've got body armor on, so so you'd be fairly well protected. Well, uh, yeah. Well, for for me, there are other ways of dealing with a panda. Yeah. <laughs> But you can use your discos as a weapon, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the duct tape t- commercial, use it as a weapon, actually. Yes. At mm. the end. That that was yeah. that that was a fun commercial to make. Uh, we did my part of that in one day of shooting, um, and we did it. Uh, the the people that made that actually their their office was in a large house in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we actually shot that in the house's garage. Hmm. Oh, and there you see the discos and the custom in full armor. Yep. Oh, there it is. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah, I had fun doing that. That was a good one. Hmm. Cool. So, oh, yes, that's that's the promotion picture. <laughs> yeah. This is it's, it's it's kind of a little weird. I'm, I'm watching. I'm looking at what they're doing on our live stream, but it's a little like. Couple seconds behind, so ah, okay. it's it's a little disconcerting. Um, but so so yeah. So Jurg was saying earlier that that you kind of we haven't seen too much of you for for a while. You know that's interesting because when it was when it when everything was going on, the the common complaint from the fart folks was, "Isn't this fifteen minutes over yet?" Uh, well, it, it lasted a lot longer than I ever thought it would, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, you know, it's kind of tapered off. Uh, there, there are still, you know, I'm still pretty widely known. I'm not universally known by any means, especially off the internet, but even now, uh, people, it, anybody who's been active on the internet for any real length of time, it's about 50, 50, whether they recognize me on site. And, and by that I mean in the costume. I'm almost never recognized out of it. Right. But you're very you're very active on Google Plus, actually. Yes. Um, I I'm not a Facebook user. I avoided it from the beginning. Uh, but when Google came out with their version of, it, I thought, okay, that'll work. Uh, and my life is pretty much entirely Google stuff anyway. Uh, you know, I. The, the last thing, the last bit of Google stuff I got was an Android phone, and by then everything else was with them, so I might as well. <laughs> so And, um, yeah, well, actually, you were also mentioned a bit in the context of the second movie. I remember that I read a review about you where you said... You were you were very very happy about the second part being being out, and they actually they actually posted a photo of you on your bed in your sleeping room or something. Yes. Well, that was uh, that was actually a reused picture from a story uh, they did in I think it was in '08 about RaffleCon, uh, a, a convention about internet celebrity, uh, and so that's when that picture was taken, and the, and they simply reused it. But the the Tron, Tron Legacy, I think, did very well. 
they had and just an amazing number of opportunities to mm-hmm. really screw that up. Uh, they, I, I had been concerned for years that somebody was going to try to remake it and modernize it and you know update it, bring it up to current without actually mm-hmm. getting what it was about. And to their credit, the legacy wasn't was an update. But I think they did so in the spirit faithful to the original. Uh, I think that uh, I think that Legacy is a very very good sequel, um, and I was very disappointed to learn that they canceled uh, a third in, in yeah, a third installment in the series. Oh, I didn't know they were well, maybe do it will come someday. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, the, the last I heard was that Disney had canceled it, but. You know, you, you know how such things work in the movie industry. They can be revived or killed at a moment's notice. Yeah. And if you don't get a they cameo in the a third one, on. I'll be angry. Say, uh, say it again. <laughs> I said if you don't get a cameo in the third one, I'll be pretty angry. Uh, there were lots of folks that thought I should have had a cameo in the second one. Personally, I believe that I am at least in some part responsible for the resurgence of interest in Tron that led to the second one being made in the first place. Hmm. Uh, um, actually, we have a question in the chat, Sven oh. just told me. Yeah, um, one question that I got is, um, you know, we all uh, discussed now about the third movie and uh, that uh, Disney canceled it. Uh, it should be uh, started... Uh, um, to um, um, the, the working at uh, should be started in November, but uh, they canceled it. Um, and you said you like the uh, second movie. Um, I do also because also the style, the music. Uh, you were disappointed about the can- canceling, and uh, you said, okay, you you still think there will be another movie or more that they shut down the franchise now. It's it's hard to tell at this point. Uh, that they canceled the next movie is not good news for the franchise. But on the other hand, nobody thought they were going to make a second one either. So you know the 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 movie business is notoriously unpredictable, and so all it will take is for some producer at Disney bereft of of an idea to make a movie from. To think, well, maybe we, you know, we made a lot of money off of Tron Legacy. Maybe we could do a third one, and well, then all, and poof, all, all of a sudden it starts up again. I, I see this being ripe for for a reboot. This is because that's what that's what Hollywood loves to do anyway. Now is take take movies that everyone loves and totally muck them up, <laughs> and 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 redo them. So I I I think Tron is ripe for for being redone. It, it wouldn't surprise me. I would be disappointed if they did mm. so, screwed it up. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I would have been disappointed if they'd screwed up Tron Legacy, too. Right. If I remember correctly, Tron was the first and only movie that um, where, where a sequel took 30 years to come out, actually. The longest time span ever. That wouldn't surprise me. I I haven't you know I don't keep track of that kind of thing, but that it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. So maybe the third one would come thirty years. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I, I hope it doesn't take that long because I don't think I'm going to be around in thirty years. You could have your your, your Tron light wheelchair. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Um. 
So, so you said your your fame lasts longer than you thought. So, um, you you had in mind this was a one-time thing. I expected to wear this costume to the to the masquerade and you know whatever came of that. Uh, and I posted this, sent the story to Slashdot, and I expected to get you know you know a few a couple hundred comments or so and. Uh, and what I expected was people say, oh, yeah, huh, you can do that, and then go on. I didn't expect it to blow up like it did. My roommate, he he refers to it. All right, so y'all have seen the classic uh, Warner Brothers cartoons where one character is standing there next to another one, and one gets struck by lightning, and the other one's completely unaffected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He, thinks he, he, he thinks of himself as the one who didn't get hit by lightning. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, I, I refer to it as when my life turned upside down, and that's really quite accurate. Uh, my life has not been the same since, and never will be. Mm -hmm. And by now, I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is a good time to show the second video that we have of you, that a comic of uh, Tron Legacy and where you have a story parted, and they even reused that um, bedroom scene at the end. So I, I, maybe let's look at that. Hello, welcome back. Okay, got, well, that was a very nice comic. Got some, got some moves in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I was that good in person. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is like the action hero version of you, Jay. So, so do you do you have? I, I've seen another interview in which you said you didn't, but that was a while back. So, have you have you gotten a, a, the, the motorcycle yet? <laughs> no, I. I <clears throat> there was a uh, somebody made a uh, light cycle from Legacy and made a limited edition run of some like five of them. Some of them electric. And I wanted one something fierce, but uh, there just wasn't got to be any way. Mm. Uh, and I am not normally a motorcycle rider, so uh, <laughs> uh, I, I spent 17 years well, on the street as a paramedic, and, oh. and and so I have rather a different view of motorcycles than most folks. Yeah, I can I can understand that. So. Let's, so, so is okay. there anything planned coming up for the next time? Um, really and truly, at this point, it's a matter of whenever somebody wants to wants to talk to me or wants to see me, I'm available. Um, I don't have any real big plans anymore. Uh, there's, you know, there there have been folks that that made significant money off of their internet fame, and I never managed that. Uh, and that doesn't bother me greatly. I mean, yeah, I would have liked to have made a couple hundred thousand bucks or so, but it didn't happen. That's okay. I go on with my life. Mm -hmm. And you've got the, the skills to be able to do other things besides just, you know. Yes. <clears throat> Let's talk real quick about the America's Got Talent in 2011. Because, because now, Howie Mandel was kind of a dick. <laughs> in that one and I mean this is a guy whose main comedy routine is using his nostrils to inflate a rubber glove over his head so he's got zero right to be snarky to the Tron guy well 
and actually, I didn't have as much problem with Howie Mandel as I did with uh, Pierce Morgan. Mm. Uh, quite frankly, I was very happy the day that Pierce Morgan gave up and went back to England. <laughs> uh, I've got no use for that guy. Uh, but you know, the, the producers of America's Got Talent contacted me not long after the Tron Legacy thing hit mm-hmm. um, and wanted me to appear on the show in some fashion in the costume well you know i i don't think of myself or of very much as a singer or anything else so i tried okay fine let's try to stand up comedy and well you see how that went but looking back at it that series has has to have not only the good ones but also acts that people boo and and hiss and and throw mm-hmm. your arms up in the air in, in an X like and everything else. And that they have to have that. And I'm pretty sure that that's that I was set up to be that from the beginning. So they um, they asked you to they, they approached you. They asked you to be on to yes. be on the show. Yes. And then they they see now that 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 just ain't right because well and uh, you know so at the at the time I thought I might have a chance and. Uh, you know, part of it was that I wasn't just really all that well prepared. Part of it was, like I say, I think at least part a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I wound up uh, the the audition that the segment show is shown in Houston, uh, but I actually did that audition in Minneapolis, uh, which is for me is a two hour drive away. Oof. Uh, and I drove up there, actually wound up borrowing my roommate's car because my truck at the time had a problem. So I drove up there and spent a couple of days. And of course, the, uh, that at that point, that when they had the audition, we had a snowstorm come through because after all, this is March in Minneapolis. Yeah. And Pierce Morgan was delayed getting there. and We thought that we were actually going to have to spend another day. But they got it in. And then, you know, the, you saw what happened on TV. That really wasn't edited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sharon Osbourne, okay, uh, she wasn't real happy. Well, she was still probably bitter from getting fired from a Celebrity Apprentice the year before. Could be. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Pierce's approach was just a shtick or what, uh, but I wasn't real happy with him. I, Howie didn't bother me. I, okay, fine. You know, if he wants to start over, fine. I'll start over. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure the audience was primed to boo before I ever walked out on. Oh stage. yeah, yeah. As in, somebody told them, "Okay, let's give this guy a really hard time." Yeah. Uh, it what what was interesting to me about all that is that they came back to me several months later and asked me to go out there and be on the. Uh, uh, on the audition star segment of the finale. Really? Um, and if you look at the finale from that season, uh, there was a there was a group of us that audi- that actually d- did together uh, a musical number. Um, I didn't sing. I'm the only one who didn't. <laughs> uh, but um, that that was fun. They. You know, basically, they took us out there and put us up for a week and paid us a little bit. Oh, so and, and 
I, uh, it turns out that I, uh, one piece of fallout from all this, I have become friends with Cindy Morgan, the lady who played Yori and Tron, the, the original. Right. And so, you know, I, Cindy and I commiserated as I was driving home from the, from the audition. And I asked her about it. And when they, when they wanted me to come on and do the finale, <clears throat> And she said, "You go out there and you enjoy yourself, and you and and think of it as a thing, as giving them the finger." And I did, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, that's that's cool. At least it was a consolation prize. Yep. So it's like even bad promotion is a good promotion or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I quite buy that, but hey, I'll take their money. <laughs> yeah, you take it all easy. Yep. Yeah. And you're enjoying yourself. That's great. That's it. I, I, I learned pretty early on that there wasn't going to be any hiding from it. I wasn't going to be able to get away from it. I was stuck with it. So okay, you you find yourself you find yourself sitting on a tiger. You got two choices. You can either jump off and hope he doesn't turn around and eat you, or you can grab his ears and enjoy the ride. <laughs> good good analogy. So what's in the, so what's in the in the future? Because you know, I, I, Jörg was saying, and and I think I said that we, we haven't seen too much from you in the past couple of years. I I don't think. Yeah, it's, I I I still go to the science fiction convention that I de that I made the costume for Penguin mm -hmm. Detroit. Um, I I've been to every one of them, and I will be back next year. Uh, I've, I've started, you know, there's another one in Chattanooga called Liberty Con that I went to this past year and had a lot of fun at. So I expect I'll probably still wear the costume for things like that. And of course, anybody, you know, if, if somebody decides that they want to bring on an internet celebrity and, and I fit and they ask me, I say, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Um, if they want me to do a strip tease out of the costume, that gets a little more interesting because I have a hard time. I'm getting old and stiff and have a hard time reaching around to the zipper these days. <laughs> That's why you got to make a new unitard or, or one or one you can just kind of rip apart, you know, do like the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, um, one thing that I found is actually that um, your pages are kind of outdated. So maybe you should update your pages with new stuff. I, I've thought about that. I, I don't know what I'd put on there. I, I've got to, you know, there's, there's lots of that kind of thing I need to think about. Um, and the, the, there's an argument to be made there that, uh, that all that stuff reflects the state of the net in 2004 when all this happened. Uh, and I don't know. Um, mainly I, I find myself tied up doing other things. So yeah, I never seem to get around to it. Hmm. And we got another question, I guess. Yeah, um, this question is <laughs> more from me because um, uh, I started also last year with the cosplay. And um, I want to ask you, do you also do other cosplays uh, besides uh, the Tron guy or do you will do only the Tron guy as you I have mentioned. few, although the, this is the only thing that, that gets asked for outside of the convention arena. Uh, I am a fan of a webcomic by the name of Schlock Mercenary, and I have a costume that I made of a character from that universe. 
the the comic the web comic artist guy named Howard Taylor uh, is somebody I consider a good friend, and uh, I I made the the costume from his universe, and I'll and I'll wear that at cons. Uh, there are a couple of others. Uh, that I've made that I haven't worn in a while that I may occasionally, but you know they they require some explanation. So that does that doesn't work as well outside of the uh, outside of the con universe. Okay, great, <clears throat> cool. So AJ, do you have any question right now? Well, uh, we should ask where can people find information about you and get in touch with you if they want to. Uh. Best place is probably uh, actually the best way to get to get a hold of me is simply through my email, and it's jmaynard at gmail dot com. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm not afraid to give that out because Gmail does a pretty good job of spam filtering. The rest, well, who knows? Might get interesting. Cool. And is there any page or anything where people can find information about you besides your Google Plus page, which uh, I mentioned earlier? At this point, no. Um, I've got it. I have the domain tronguy.net, and once upon a time there was a page associated with that. Um, that provider went away, and I just never really put anything up since. Uh, I prob Again, I probably should and just haven't gotten around to it. But you got a Twitter account that is current, actually. I, I do. I, uh, I, I don't have a lot of followers there, and that tends to be my personal place to vent. <laughs> be, okay. be forewarned, if you look me up on Google+, I am a conservative uh, in the U.S. definition, um, and I'm quite outspoken, and just like anything else, uh, I, I don't hold back my opinions from anybody if you don't like it. Uh, I'll be happy to discuss them with you, and if you feel that you don't want to, don't want to follow me because you don't like reading that kind of thing, I won't get insulted. I mean, you are a celebrity; nobody can be angry on you. Whatever well, you we've say. got a oh well, we've got a good we got a good presidential race coming up, so oh yeah, there's some there's some fun Trump action happening. Uh, <laughs> started on Donald Trump. <laughs> It's it's hard not to. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. Um, so personally, that would be all from my side. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if, if Jay has anything left on his list. No, we're good, I think. I, I'm also done <laughs> right now. Okay. No more questions in the chat, Sven? Right now? No more questions. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I guess. And we will we'll pull up links and stuff to to your 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 uh, your email and where people can find you and stuff uh, and videos and whatnot on on our on our site when we put the podcast up, so that people can find you and check out some of the things you've done and and all that stuff. Very good. Thanks a lot, Jay. It was such a pleasure talking to you, and thanks for being so open. And let let us ask anything we would like to know. You're more than welcome. I'm happy to do it. All right. Yeah, and let's keep in touch. Okay. You know where to find me. Okay. 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 Sure. Okay. <laughs> have have a good day, Jay. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, this was Jay. Yep. Oh. Really, very interesting character. Thank you. Uh, oh. He's, he's still there.
Yeah. I've got to I've got to take the gloves off before I can get <laughs> which means I got to undo a little bit of the costume. Okay. Um yeah, I use a trackpad and I can't use it with gloves on. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, let's see. Do do we have just AJ and me now in the chat? Um where is that? Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, that is <laughs> Pardon me? I guess, Jay, you have to hang up your yeah. Skype. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's working on it. Now, now, now that I got the, the armor pieces off, I can take the gloves off and then I can get... Uh, okay, that's the first time live. That's yeah. a strong guy sampling itself. Yeah. Y'all have a good day. All right, uh, you too. Thank you very much. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we are back. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so we're this, back. this since this is a live podcast, AJ and I will talk a bit like we usually do at our podcast at the beginning, but since this live we will do it at the end. Yeah, we're gonna it'll be backwards. Although although I may put it in the right order when we go back and do this. I don't know. I don't know. We're making it up as we All go. Alright, AJ. So what we have in the pipe. Okay, well what a couple of things. Last? A couple of things have happened since we were last on. Which is, uh, first of all, that uh, our last guests, uh, Dave Lowe and Holly Jaslow, uh, Uncle Art Music, who were doing, uh, they were trying to put together an album of their, of the computer music that Dave Lowe had, had written back in the, the 80s and 90s and so. Uh, as of July 12th, they are successfully funded. A temporal shift in time, right? Yeah, uh, a temporal shift, yes. That's... Uh, that's the name of the album. They're doing some recording at Abbey Road. They've been posting updates and whatnot. And, and there's a um, there's there's a further goal to do something something else. But they they got their funding. They they exceeded their funding pretty good. So that's that's kind of a big uh, that's kind of a big one. That's kind of important because well because we we helped with that. Right. And um, yeah, and also Jaruntel with that uh, that we had as a guest with um, Tess Fries yes, a couple Tess, of Tess episodes Tell. ago. Tess and yeah. Tell in July they became he started his Indiegogo yes. project about his CD. Right, right. And aside from that, they're also uh, again in July they became engaged. So we want to exactly send our congratulations to Tess and Tell who were right here on the podcast with us. Best best of luck for both of you. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, the Indiegogo just went ninety percent successful. And since Indiegogo allows you to do it, even if it's not hundred percent, it's funded. So right, right. So he started now on the CD, which is quite interesting because at the moment a lot of composers seem to bring out their video game music on CD as an orchestral version like um, or piano version like Chris Hulsbeck, which we had the first time in our museum Twitch show mm -hmm. in June, and uh, Dave Lowe, which we had earlier this year, actually in the last episode. Right. Or, for example, Tess Fries and Jaruntal. So mm -hmm. that's quite interesting. Yeah, well, I, you know, I imagine that a lot of this stuff, the, the music when you... You know, we talked about that with, with Dave Lowe, is that when you... When you compose it on the on the machine in your head, it sounds a lot more um, a, a lot more full. You're, you're composing for for a, a band or for uh, an orchestra, but you've got to sort of 
figure out how to fit that into, you know, three Commodore voices or, or, you know, one beeping PC speaker. Yeah, he actually did that for Starclider. He, he enclosed an audio mm-hmm. cassette with mm-hmm. the orchestral version that he had in his head. Yeah. That's so right. he's pretty known for that, actually. That's right. Um, also occurring uh, July 12th, um, some sad news. The president and CEO of Nintendo, uh, Satoru Iwata, passed away at the age of 55. Yeah, so that's, that's true. That's really a big loss for the yeah. community. Yeah. So that's that's no fun. And that that again, you know, hits home with us because we spoke with Charles Martinet and and you know, I mean, that's a big part of that. You know, this guy was was you know was kind of kind of huge as far as gaming is and 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 you know where Nintendo sits in gaming. Yeah, I mean definitely. Definitely. I mean, um, Nintendo was was a childhood thing for me. I mean, I grew up with Nintendo and I grew up with hearing Mario. So for me, it was totally amazing to, to talk to the voice of Mario and Luigi. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's pretty sad. So let's see what's coming up with the new CEO and um, in which way the Nintendo brand is going further. Because the special thing about this CEO before was that he started as a programmer in Nintendo and he was a gamer himself. Right. And he developed the games. Mm-hmm. So he made a career from a coder, from a programmer and game developer up to the CEO of the company. That's right. So it's like a, your own childhood is coming, a dream is coming true. This is like like Sven's history, for example, with Cinemaware. Right, right. <laughs> Where he dreamed about um, being working for Cinemaware and stuff as a kid. Right, right Sven? Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. And, and, and we should <laughs> yes. mention while we had Sven, Sven is one of our previous guests. Sven, Sven was with uh, Cinemaware when we spoke to him. And I just discovered that It Came From The Desert is going to be a movie. So I don't know if you would like to pontificate on that, Sven. If you'd like to tell us a little bit about it, because yeah, maybe I will play one of the women's or one of the ants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yes, uh, uh, right now uh, uh, the team is working um, on the script, and um, we are we are we are not we are involved in this um, because um, the team behind this. Uh, the producer is also the produ- one of the producers from Iron Sky and Dance in the Dark. Um, so uh, people that are, have also big experience in the movie business. And yeah, um, you find some some teaser trailers on uh, on this. And uh, yeah, it will be. Uh, I think it it will be a very funny horror B movie, like the games. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be? Is it going to be a live action thing, or is it going to be CG, or or how are they going to do it? Because I saw a small trailer, and it was kind of difficult to to really sort of figure um, it out. You you see also a promotion video. Uh, they make tests uh, test videos um, for um, they going to conventions where they sell the movies uh, to to local companies uh, where they distribute the movie uh, to the country. And uh, there was also a test video for this, and this will be a live action movie. Uh, the ants will be CGI. Um, and yes, I think it, it would be a cool. F- funny uh, B-horror movie, so live action, but also with uh, CGI ants. 
Cool, cool. I look forward to seeing that. Oh, uh, I'm also that. Maybe, uh, yeah, when they start uh, shooting, uh, maybe uh, some of us will get a cameo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You call, call it. You know, use some of your clout there. Get, you know, Jorg and I can can be in the background. We can we can be the people on the on the radio being like giant ants attacking North Angeles or or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see let's see what happens <laughs> I'd, I'd work for scale it's all good <laughs> great so you see we have all the famous people working for us yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> I do everything for my fans yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give me the money Jörg and then I can go <laughs> <laughs> he's making millions <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> that was uh, that's the reason why I drive an ten year old Ford Fusion with two hundred fifty thousand kilometers. <laughs> hey, what a, yeah. a Fusion! I thought I thought you were cruising in a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I wash it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you are Biff. <laughs> yes. Every time the second coat. <laughs> I, I hope in 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 real in real life you do a second layer of wax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to wax it like a second layer. <laughs> yeah. Great. Hmm. Um. So, so what else? What else well, was coming we, up? We, oh yes, we have our next yeah. podcast that'll be out pretty soon which will be a video it's not not really a podcast so to speak more of a video highlight of Jörg's time at gamescom which he just just wrapped up so yep, that'll be that's true. that's that's coming up we already actually recorded that and he's editing it um not right now because he's talking to me right now but um he's in the <laughs> process of this yeah 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 i'm just like 95 percent done so hopefully tonight i can send it to you yeah and um, yeah, uh, me and T TMC, which is also a staff member, and uh, some friends, we made a boot together and uh, we met a lot of famous people like Sven or Chris Hulsbeck mm -hmm. or, you know, um, or Andreas Escher from Rainbow Arts. So a lot of fun thing. And actually, we had also an interview in the BIS area, but I don't want to spoil the surprise here. You will see it yeah. when it's coming out. Yeah, right. that'll be out next after a little bit after this um so Jorg just got back finishing up with gamescom i'll be at um in on september 19th i will be wandering around a video game con in parsippany new jersey it's 33 baldwin road in case anybody wants to come and find me though i don't know why you would um and i'll i'll be there i'll be taking some video i'll be doing some stuff and and we'll see how that works. Well, in ten years we will be famous ourselves. Then you, then you're giving autographs. We just, we just talked to the Tron guy, man. I think we're pretty good. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it gets much better than that. And 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 despite what he says, I I still I still disagree with 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 Howie Mandel. <laughs> Hasselhoff, well, Hasselhoff, who he replaced, wouldn't have been such a dick. And 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 you guys know that because Germans Germany loves David Hasselhoff. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We are all David Hasselhoff fans. I know. I, that I, is I, one of the darkest part of our history. <laughs> <laughs> Could we more better talk about the Second World War? <laughs> 
it's, it's better about talking now. No, I think uh, that's that's uh, really true because um, with one or two of his songs, uh, he thinks he's responsible for the uh, for tearing down of the uh, Berlin Wall. Mm. I think everyone, <laughs> everything will tearing down. If <laughs> David sings no, no. Uh, uh, um, I got a friend of mine who's working uh, a little bit with him uh, for, for Night Rider fan guy, and uh, he sh- he's a, should be a really nice guy uh, to work with and also to talk with. And uh, so, uh, yes, uh, hmm. yes, we have fans here, but. Well, we're proud of it. <laughs> yeah, Actually, hey, you know, Swedish, you gotta, the Swedish love him too. He he was he was doing the uh, the the title theme song of Kung, Fu, uh, Ki, Ki, Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Fury yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. A true survivor, right? Oh yes. yeah, that's true been yeah. that it's has really been remixed. Cool yeah, that has been remixed to Bejesus and back lately. There's there's been I keep seeing it. I, I, I people keep posting it on Facebook. I keep seeing this the C64 version of True Survivor. And I've I have never heard the song before in my life, so I have no idea how how true it is to it. But but I keep seeing it, and and it's 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 Hasselhoff. So <laughs> you shouldn't yeah, hassle to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really cool video uh, because um, um, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's cool soundtrack. It's a, it's a cool track. And I, n- I never thought again that I listen a lot of to a uh, David Hasselhoff track later this year. But this is really cool. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, he, and he didn't l- he didn't lose any of his magic since the last three thirty yeah, years. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, not at all, not Definitely. at all. Definitely, it, 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 it's a funny story. Uh, my one of my ex girlfriends, she was a really big fan of Knight Rider, and. Uh, her parents, uh, yeah, misunderstood her, um, yeah, fandom because they thought that she is a fan of David Hasselhoff, and she got a CD uh, at Christmas from <laughs> from David Hasselhoff. <laughs> she said, "Oh my God, I, I love the car, not the guy." <laughs> was it? I'm looking for freedom. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a complete album. Okay. So uh, yes, but but maybe the time around. <laughs> I remember yeah. as a kid listening to "I'm Looking for Freedom." Yes, everyone listened to "I'm Looking for Freedom." I I, no one. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, I was yeah, okay. a fan of Knight Rider, or, or specifically of the car, but ah, maybe we could invite Kit next time. No, I, that would be pretty cool. He's still alive, right? The the guy that did his voice. The voice of Kit is is he still alive? I, I no, so. uh, he committed suicide. No, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I I think it was because he had, uh, he he got a sickness. And then, uh, or it was the depression. I don't know what, what one of the two things. Uh, but uh, yeah, he uh, suddenly he committed suicide really? a, a couple of years ago. William, uh, no, it was very very intensive voice. So you you remember this? Yeah. Maybe maybe we're talking two different. I, I'm thinking of William Daniels, who was the voice of of Kit, the the car. Uh, I guess I guess maybe. It was a different voice over in Germany, because I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> Just have a look. Yeah. Um, but I know a, a guy here in Germany who got a kit here. 
uh, himself. Hmm. And, uh, it was also sometimes on, on German television. Uh, when they make some 80s, 90s shows, uh, uh, it appears uh, there. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really it was, cool. It's a, it was a nice car. I had a car with the, the engine from a Trans Am, but I never had a Trans Am. So. Hmm. Um, do you remember Airwolf, the CTV series? Oh, good lord, yes. Yeah, and the 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 helicopter, the original mm -hmm. helicopter, was sold to Germany, uh, really? to an uh, rescue company, and they uh, used it after the show, uh, yeah, for uh, rescue transportations. But it also have a very sad ending because it crashed into a mountain uh, uh, around the nineties and killed all the passengers and. So was really also a sad story, but uh, yes, uh, maybe you may be also can make a talk, uh, talk about uh, our famous mm. shows in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, well, Airwolf was a good one. Now that had a that had a pretty good theme song. I like that theme song. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But we are not going to sing it right now. All right. Um, so, so anything, anything else coming well, up? Well, um, we still, yeah. we, we still got to plug the fact that that Jurg and I are still doing this extra life thing. It's still we're counting down. November seventh is when we're going to be doing it on our Twitch channel, which you could be watching this right on right now because we are streaming it on that. Um, yeah, that's 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 November seventh. We'll be playing games or doing something. Um, and if you want to donate to either of us, um, I'm I'm playing for the Children's Specialized Hospital in New Jersey. Uh, my, the URL for me is extra-life.org/participant/ajh. Jurg is playing for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Mm. Uh, he's extra-life.org/participant/nafcom. So if anybody watching now or listening in the future uh, wants yeah. to go and donate money, that would be good because because Jurg doesn't have any donations yet and he's lagging. Come on. Chop chop. Yeah, man. yeah, sure. All right. So I guess that's that's all for now. Yes. So yep. talk to you soon, guys. Yeah, and yeah. See and you we'll soon in our next in our next Gamescom special. Yeah, yeah. Um, Be surprised. <laughs> okay. See you guys. Bye. See you. All right. Bye. Bye bye. Bye, H -A. bye everybody. <laughs>